Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hey, 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 my friends, welcome to this special episode, the Holidays and Grief Survival Guide. Today, I'm sharing the audio of a recent webinar. Now, keep in mind as you listen that this is a little different format. So I presented it live with people listening in. You'll hear me interacting with people and with visuals. So if sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm missing something, it might be the visual. But I I wanted to share this. I felt like it was really important that I share this audio with you, the recording of this, um, of this webinar. And this webinar, actually, we sent the re- replay out to the mailing list. So if you're not on the mailing list, go to buildalifeafterloss.com, get on the mailing list, and you'll have access to that recording as well. This webinar and other webinars that I've done in the past will live in the True Hope Club library when the club goes live. What is the True Hope Club? It's a place of support for right where you're at. And it's hope for your future, despite how different it may be from what you imagined, despite the pain that you might have experienced. We're, it's all about rebuilding your tomorrow to be a place of happiness and purpose. You can join us by going to buildalifeafterloss.com slash list. That's the waiting list for the True Hope Club, which is launching in January. Super excited about that. But here's the replay of the Holidays and Grief Survival Guide. My hope is that this will be super supportive to you as you continue through the holidays and moving forward. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. I'm Julie Clough. If we haven't met before, I'm the founder of Build a Life After Loss. I'm a grief coach, an author, a speaker, and um, and I spend a lot of time talking about grief and, and how to heal. And I've had a lot of experience with grief in my life, you could say, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to to start tonight just sharing with you a couple of things that, well, first I wanted to share with you something that somebody sent me today. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I had it right here. I had posted about doing this webinar tonight and one of my friends, um, one of my friends messaged and said, my dad died rather young. And as each year went by, my mom disliked Christmas more and more. She could never get past it and see the grandkids and that there was still joy to be had. I wish she'd had the opportunity for what you offer. So grateful that someone will benefit. God bless you for your caring efforts. The thing that I want to want you to hear there is that we don't have to bring the pain of the past into the future. We have, we do have to be with it for a time. Grief is a season and I can't tell, tell you how long your season will be, but grief is a season and there is an opportunity to learn how to navigate the, the holidays, even when you're grieving. And then as time goes on to connect more and more with the holidays as maybe you have in the past, and maybe it will look different, but you can, you can move forward with some, with some peace and some calm and, and some hope. Um, I have, I, I, my kids died on mother's day. And so that was always connected to mother's day. It's always been connected to mother's day, but because of some choices that I made, I'm still able to enjoy mother's day. And my, I divorced, I separated from my first husband just two months before Christmas, less than two months before Christmas. And I distinctly remember, I can see it in the pictures even, I distinctly remember how 
disconnected I felt that Christmas, how hard it was. And, and I remember other holidays where hard things happened, but it didn't mean that now it doesn't mean that because that happened at Christmas or that happened at mother's day that forever I have to, to feel that way on those holidays. So I want to share with you some things that, that hopefully will be super helpful to you as you move through these holidays. And I hope that you will put in the chat chat if you have questions or um, anything comes up for you. You're like, what about this? Or what about that? I'd be, I'd be more than happy to, to answer those questions for you. Okay. We're going to get started with I'm going to share my slides here with you. Just a, a quick disclaimer. I am, I'm not a licensed therapist. I am a trained coach. I am a grief expert. And that is the work that I do. Uh, as I mentioned before, I am um, the founder of Build a Life After Loss. And this just represents some of the places you may have seen me. I also have a podcast. In fact, raise your hand if you've never met me before. I'm just curious how many of you, okay, there's a couple of you. I'm brand new. Okay. A lot of, a lot of your names are super familiar. So I'm like, oh, this is stuff you guys already know, but okay. Um, I do have a podcast. It's called build a life after loss. It's been, I have 134 episodes on the build a life after loss.com website. And it's, um, and we're and we've been on hiatus. We've had a, a little, we've taken a little break and we're launching again tomorrow, Wednesday morning. There'll be a new podcast uh, episode coming out. So watch for that. I am the author of Miracles in the Darkness. I do tell my story of losing my two children on Mother's Day and rebuilding and what that looked like and and how past losses like the the death of my brother and uh, my divorce um, informed my grief in losing my children and how that has affected how I've moved through life and why I'm here today. You know, why in the world do I talk about grief? As one interviewer once said to me, he says, I don't imagine that you, you grew up as a child saying, I'm going to be a grief coach when I grow up. And he was right. The other new thing that's on the horizon is the True Hope Club is, is opening in January. We have a launch date. It's, it's going to be the third week of January. Be sure and get on our mailing list to get all that information about what's happening there. It's I'm going to be teaching webinars like this are going to live in the library on that in that uh, in the True Hope Club. And I'm going to be teaching the principles of grief and healing. Grief is actually a part of your healing. And when we don't, when we don't recognize that it's part of the healing, sometimes it can, it can become part of our, our identity instead of our healing. So look for that. That's coming soon. Just to, just to give you an idea of what's happening. I did a webinar a week and a half ago, which is why we're here tonight. <laughs> because when I was on that webinar and I was ans answering a lot of questions and there were a lot of comments that were coming up. And, um, and one of the things that came up was like, how do, how do we deal with the holidays with our grief? And I shared a concept which, which didn't get recorded. And so I wanted to share that today. I, I, I share this fairly frequently, this idea of the levels of consciousness and what this represents. This is a model that Dr. David Hawkins developed. And what this represents is that your... Um, that our feelings, like our predominant feelings, have what he calls a level of vibration. And that level of vibration is represented in this chart. So we see that love, joy, peace vibrates at a higher level. We feel better. We feel alive. We feel in, in, um, rejuvenated when we're, when we're in those feelings of joy, love, and peace. Those are, those are feelings that feel really, really good. And when we experience a loss that takes us down here into grief and that drops us 
from where we might have been living in courage or, or willingness down to grief. And we feel that impact. We feel that impact. And when that happens, then we have an opportunity then to start the rebuilding process, to start the healing process. And what that might look like is this. If you look at this scale right here and we're dropped into grief, then we have, then we're navigating our way and we're trying to figure out how to heal. And it's an up and down process. And it's way more up and down than what this represents. So this is just a representation, but you may find yourself here. You may find yourself here. You may find yourself here. All of it is okay. It's okay. Wherever you are is okay. And I have found in my own life that in some areas of my life, I feel like I'm here. Like I, I feel like I kind of live in this good, good place. And in other areas of my life, I'm just figuring it out. So this is kind of represents this, this path that we go on, this up and down path that we go on to find healing again. What we want to avoid, what we, what we want to do is we want to stay on the path as hard as it feels. We want to stay on the path of hope. We want to stay on the path of hope because there's a lot of people that unfortunately are living down here and they, they haven't found the path of hope. And so they're living down here and they haven't figured out how to get on the path of hope. So I just want to encourage you that no matter where you find yourself, even if you find yourself here or here and further down the road, and you're thinking I should be further along, thinking I should be further along isn't helpful. The fact that you're here says, tells me that you're, you're on this path. You're not on this path. Because if you're on this path, you, you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't even be looking for answers. So the fact that you're here tells me that you're on the path of hope and healing. So this is what we think the holidays should look like. This is why it's so painful is because this is the, the, the image that we have in our mind. And we're over here feeling like this. And when you have this image, you have this image over here. And this is the way you feel that's painful. It's painful. And that's what creates this divide that you feel. You feel a divide. You feel a divide between what everyone else is experiencing and what you're experiencing. And I will say that I think, I, I believe a lot of times we think everybody else is over here and there's a lot more people that are sad than we even recognize. But it's the divide between what we've experienced in the past. Maybe we've had those holidays that were bright and cheery, and now we're missing someone. We're missing a dad. We're missing a, a sibling. We're missing a child. We're missing a spouse. We're, we're, we're missing something. We're missing someone that has meant a lot to us and has been a part of our holidays in the past. And so this divide just feels super, super painful. This is what we're feeling over here. We, we may be feeling sad, irritated, frustrated, inadequate, maybe feeling shame, guilt, loneliness, isolated. If you're feeling any of those things, it's okay. The, the, the issue is that we're over here and we see that our expectations are that we should be we should be at gatherings. We should feel joyous. We should have family and friends around. We should be in service. And all the gifts and the food and the decorations, and all of that that comes with our expectations of what is going on. Our expectations of what should be happening creates a greater divide and heaps more shame, more guilt, more loneliness, more feelings of inadequacy, and so forth. So that's part of the problem then is the expectations. Problem number one is the expectations. It's seeing what could be or seeing what was 
and comparing to what we're feeling right now. And that expectation feels really painful. The other thing is that we have traditions around holidays. We have things that we do. We have, again, it's part of those expectations, but it's the, what connects us to memories is emotions. What connects us to memories is emotions and our emotions are heightened during the holidays. I I show you this picture because this is a picture of my mantle with all of our Christmas stockings And I still hang, someone asked me about this recently. I still hang Carrie and David's stockings. They died in 2007. It's 2021. It's been 14 years. And yet I still hang their stockings every year. And you may feel, so so what I want, want to share with you is, I hang those stockings because that's something that I want to do. If you choose not to, if if you have a similar situation or if you have a tradition, that's totally okay too. So what I want to share with you tonight is it's okay to be right where you are and it's okay to make different choices during your holidays than you have in the past. So after, after Carrie and David died, the, I want to say it was a year and a half later. Can't remember if it was our second Thanksgiving or the third, but but I but what we did was we were used to the traditional Thanksgiving meal, the traditional Thanksgiving family gathering, and we decided that Thanksgiving. I just felt like I just wanted to do something different. I just wanted to do something different and create a little bit of a separation between old traditions that in that moment felt painful to me because they were missing around our table and create new memories. And so we decided, my husband and I decided to take our two boys who were the only ones left at home at this point, because our older daughters had gone off to college and Carrie and David, of course, had had passed away. And so we took our two oldest boys to SeaWorld for Thanksgiving. Now, I will tell you that I was kind of surprised. They were uh, probably 17 and 14 at that point, probably 17 and 14 when we did this. And I was kind of surprised because they were so connected to that past tradition that especially my older son complained. He's like, why aren't we having our, and we, we really tried to make it special. We went to SeaWorld. We paid a little extra and did some little extra things at SeaWorld, you know, getting kind of backstage to see Shamu, that kind of thing that back in the day when that was a thing. And, and I thought this was going to be so, so good to have this other experience. I still really love those memories, even though my son complained a little bit. He, he, he was a good sport, but he did complain. He's like, I just, you know, I just want the traditional Thanksgiving meal. I just want to be eating my mashed potatoes and my Turkey. And and the reason I tell you this story is because sometimes we want to make changes. And sometimes the people that we love and care about are not happy about the changes that we want to make. And it's okay to make the changes that feel right to you. The other reason why I show you this picture is because I want to show you David's stocking because every year when I take out my Christmas decorations and I pull out David's stocking, I see these stickers. Do you see these stickers? Raise your hand. If you see the stickers that he put on the face of the, yeah, it's so funny. So remember he passed away in 2007. So I don't remember if it was 2005 or 2006 that he put stickers on the face of his stocking. And I handmade all of these stockings for, for my family. And I'm sure that I wasn't happy about all those stockings or all those stickers being on there, or I wouldn't have been if I'd noticed them because I would have thought, oh, they're going to ruin the stocking and so on and so forth. But now, 
now I see those stickers on the stocking and I'm just, I'm so grateful because it's just like, it's this little reminder of him and his personality and that he was here. I'm going to show you a little close. There's a close up there. You can see the stickers even better. Can't you? Um, it is a reminder to me of what, of what, you know, who he was and that, that he, and in early on this particular thing and these stockings and these memories can be really, really painful. But as you move through the season of grief and you re and you let go of the pain over time, these memories will become sweet instead of bitter. And right now, if they're bitter, that's okay. It's completely okay. So feelings and emotions are a record of the past. Feelings and emotions are a record of the past. It's what connects us to the past. It's what creates memories. The holidays equal heightened emotions. Therefore, we have more memories during the holidays than we do any other time. It's one of the reasons why the holidays are so difficult. It's not just that we... We tend to gather as family and friends, and we might be missing people from our table that we that would be there in the past. It's also that our past holidays have heightened emotions. Therefore, we have more memories of those days than we do the days that we get the kids up and put snow boots on them and send them out to the bus. Those memories aren't as impactful because the, the, the emotions aren't as heightened. It's just a routine and something that we do because the holidays equal heightened emotions. There are more memories. It's one of the reasons that you have so many memories of the, of the holidays. And I think it's really good to understand this because when we understand why certain things work the way they do in our mind, it helps us to, it helps us to understanding how our mind works helps us to understand ourselves, right? It helps us to understand ourselves. So if problem number one was expectations, problem number two is the heightened emotions, which created memories, heightened emotions, which creates memories. So when I look at those stockings, I have memories, memories come with those things. Now let's look at another, another, um, something that happens And that is when we've experienced a loss, if this little brown blob back here represents a loss and you're living in this place, this little red triangle represents the present, what happened in the past? Now, remember what I said, heightened emotions create memories. It's why the painful memories are so present even though they happened in the past. So what that looks like then is that even though you're living, like you're physically in the present, your heart and mind might be in the past. If feelings and emotions are a record of the past and those feelings are driving your your hardwired thoughts and behaviors you'll keep repeating your past. Or another way of saying that is you'll continue to live in the past. So if you find that your mind is constantly in the past, that's okay. That's part of the process that you're going through. It's part of the grief process, but it is difficult. And I just want to um, share this visual with you so that you can see what's happening and why, even though you're physically in the present, mentally, emotionally, you might be you might be find yourself in the past. When so if you think about it, when we look at the past, it can cause depression. When we look at the future, we or we're living mind and, and emotions in the future, it, it can cause anxiety. And when when we've had a painful experience, it almost is like we're divided. In fact, raise your hand if you if you feel that way, like you're in the present, but you feel like you're in the past and you feel divided in your, yeah, I'm seeing the hands go up. Yeah. 
Exactly. And this is what happens is because physically we're in the present and there's things that happen that bring us back and remind us that we're in the present, but are, but your, your mind and feelings are still in the past with what's happened as you're trying to, as you're trying to assimilate this experience. And, and there is a process whereby you can let go of the pain of the past. And by let going of the pain of the past, then you can become whole in the present again. But it is a process. It is a process. So problem number three is the past. And every all of the emotions and the everything that that you experienced in the past that you've brought into your present. Okay, so that's the the next piece is that when we've experienced this pain of the past, then we can in our mind, and I'm guessing a lot of you have done this because almost everybody I work with has, has does this to uh, some extent or another. They take the pain of the past and they project it to the future. And they say, if this happened in the past, then I'm, I'm going to expect that this is going to happen again in the future. And so, so you're projecting a painful situation into the future, into the future. So right now I'm just lining up for you how, what some of the issues are as we go, as we're in the holiday season, as we're dealing with the memories, as we're dealing with the expectations or the, the, what we've experienced in the past, the expectations of the future, this is what we we bring into the holidays. And and when I look, when you look at this, if you're projecting the pain of the past into the future, if your holiday is difficult, if you're already feeling that difficulty of the holiday, and you're already having that expectation that it's going to be hard, the danger is to say that because it's hard right now, because I'm having a hard time this Christmas, that means that every Christmas is going to be painful. Do you see how that could be a problem? So I, I want to invite you then to, to look at it as right now I'm in a season of grief. And that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna get into the solutions here in just a second, but I, I really want to illustrate to you where some of the why you're why you're experiencing the pain of holidays, why you're experiencing the pain of holidays, and how the past can pull us, can you know make us mentally and emotionally in the past, and how our expectations drive how we feel. And, and so now let's, let's take a look at some of the solutions. So here's our four problems, expectations, heightened emotions, memories, the past, the problems of the past, the pain of the past and projecting pain into the future. As I talk about this, let me know which one of these problems Go in the chat and just say one, two, three, or four, or, or type in uh, and what the what you're currently experiencing, and tell tell me which one of these do you feel like is the biggest problem? Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's the expectations that you're you're dealing with. Maybe it's the heightened emotions and the memories. Maybe it's the feeling like you're just in the past, in the pain of the past, or maybe it's thinking that it's always going to be this way. Maybe it's all of those things. What are some of the things that you're experiencing? Hmm. Yeah. Projecting pain into the future is a big thing for me of the pain from the past. Yeah. That's so, so common. Two and three, the heightened memories, the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything still feels so new, all of it. Yeah, for sure. Number two, the heightened emotions and the memories. Yeah. Yeah, these are, these are, so 
Well, how is understanding what the problem, if you understand what the problem is and that these are, these are just part of the grieving process, does that help at all in softening what's happening? Sometimes just understanding what the problem is and why we're experiencing what we're experiencing can help to take the edge off a little bit. Sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes understanding. I have found that just understanding what the problem is, is part of the solution. Like if we don't understand how our memories are made and that it's emotions that create our memories, then when we have these experiences, like number three, where we feel like we're so in the past on what was or this painful experience that we had, then we we think there's something wrong. You think that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just the way that your mind and your emotions function. Okay, let's start talking about solutions then. I sent this email out this week and I just wanted to review it with you in, in case, and, and I really want to highlight this middle part, but let me just share this with you. Life gets so much better, so much brighter, so much lighter when you realize that people get to be who they want to be. You're not in charge of other people's feelings. You're not in charge of everyone else's success or failures. You don't have to control the world. Now, I, I've gotten uh, <laughs> gotten caught in that trap before. You just get to manage your own mind, your own thoughts, and your own feelings and your own action, and that's enough. That's enough. We think we have to manage all of it. We think we have to manage everybody's emotions, everybody's feelings, the success and the failure of the holiday or anything else. Um, And then you get to sit back. So that's enough. It's just enough. It's enough to manage your own mind, your own thoughts, your own feelings, and your own action. That's enough. Then you get to sit back and cheer people on as they do the same in their life. What would that look like? If you just cheered people on, they chose to go to they chose to go to a Christmas tree lighting and you chose choose not to, you get to own your own feelings and thoughts and actions around that. And then you get to cheer them on and go, I'm happy for you that that's what you want to do. And you get to do it. Yay for you. You don't have to agree and others don't have to agree with you. So if they decide to go to the Christmas tree lighting and you choose not to, you don't have to agree with going to to the Christmas tree lighting and you don't have to get them to agree with you that you're staying home and you have good reason to stay home. You don't have to condone what someone says or does. You don't have to make everything all right and you don't have to control the outcome. You get to love, you get to appreciate, you choose love, you stay in love. And when you get off track, which I often do, you come back, you come back to love. And don't forget to do all of that for yourself. Most important piece is that you do that for yourself. You come back to love and compassion. That's where you'll find the compassion and peace. Yeah, Matt, I totally agree. I fall into trying to control everything quite often. I think that's our human nature. I think we all do this to a certain extent. And and honestly, I think that's okay. I mean, there's the reason that we do that. The reason that we do that is we care about people and it's good to care about people. And we've connected caring with controlling. We've connected caring with being in charge with pe- of people's feelings. We've connected caring with being in charge of everyone else's success and failures. We've connected caring with control and caring when we can separate those two, when we can see the distinction and we can care about somebody and step out of the control. It's a, it's a constant battle because we do care because we are people who want to be connected to people. That's our nature as human beings. That's our human beingness. <laughs> so the, the problem is expectations 
The solution is managing the expectations. Managing the expectations is seeing what either used to be or what you think it should look like and managing in that and saying, it doesn't have to look that way. I don't have to cook a turkey and dressing and mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving, a holiday in the U.S. I can choose to take my family to SeaWorld or the buffet. And, and, and that's where we manage the expectations for ourselves and realize that we aren't in control of other people's feelings and they don't have to agree with us. And if they feel sad about it, or if they feel bad about it, or they feel disappointed that we're not showing up for their party or their event, or we're not cooking the the specialty dish that we've always cooked every Christmas because we just don't feel up to it this year, then we get to choose not to do it. And then we get to choose to be okay with how everybody reacts. Okay, raise your hand if any of that's making any sense. (laughs) Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you can see the managing the expectations is twofold, right? It's managing our own expectations around what it should look like and managing other people's expectations. In other words, we don't manage their expectations. (laughs) Okay, so... Another part of managing expectation is being aware of shame. So I feel sad and that's okay. Of course I feel sad. That is a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to to be able to admit your feelings and that it's okay to have feelings. And of course I feel sad. This thing happened this thing happened this year and I'm missing my mom, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, my sibling. I'm missing that person. And of course I feel sad. Of course I feel sad. And it doesn't have to mean I should be doing better and I'm bad because I'm not being better. I'm not doing better or I shouldn't feel sad. That's where we get into trouble. That is the big, if if you hear nothing else tonight, if you hear nothing else tonight, this is the most important piece. Be careful of shaming yourself because you're experiencing grief in the holidays. Be careful of thinking that you shouldn't feel that way, that you should be showing up for people in a certain way that you should be doing better than you are. All those thoughts are not not helpful. You actually give your emotions the ability to breathe and to to work towards healing and resolving when when you can own your emotions, when you can feel what you're feeling and that you don't have to stuff them down and pretend like You're doing better because you think you should be doing better. You're not bad because you feel sad. It's not bad. It is what it is. And wherever you are on your healing process is where you are. And it's okay. It's okay. So I want you to remember these things. It's okay if things look different. It's okay if I feel sad. It's okay if you feel happy. It's okay if you feel sad. It's okay if you feel happy. This is is the the challenge, isn't it? Because when we're grieving something or someone, if we feel sad, that mirrors what's going on with us, but then we feel bad about being sad because we're not supposed to have negative emotion. Not true. Right. But then if we feel happy, then we feel like we're, we're letting the person down that that's gone, that somehow feeling happy is um, being disloyal. And that's not true either. So it's okay if you feel sad and it's okay if you have 
if you feel happy. It's okay to feel what you're feeling and allow what you're feeling to to be what you're feeling. It's okay to join gatherings. It's okay to give yourself more space. See, you can choose to join the gathering and you can choose to give yourself more space. And one day, one week, you may choose to give yourself more space that you, you, you don't want to join the gathering. And another day and another week, you may feel like you're ready to jump in and join the gathering. But don't not join the gathering because you think you're not supposed to show up when you're sad. You see that distinction? If you want to be with people, be with people. Don't let your thoughts think, don't let your thoughts get in the way thinking that, well, I can't show up because I'm sad and somehow I'm going to affect everybody. No, you can be sad and you can show up and you can be around people. And I'm going to show you some things in a minute around that as well. It's okay to take care of yourself and it's okay for others to be disappointed. It's okay for people to be disappointed because you are choosing something different this holiday than you have in the past. Okay. Okay. Raise your hand if you can, if you can start remembering these things. Can you start remembering these things? Okay, good. Good. Oh, I'm so glad to see all of you. Yeah, good, good, good. So as you look at these things, which one feels like the most challenging? Put in the chat, which one feels the most challenging? Is it that you don't feel like it's okay to be sad? Or is it that you don't feel like it's okay not to join the gatherings because you'll be disappointing someone? What is it on this list that feels super challenging? You can add it to the chat or you can put it in your notes to to remind you it's okay if things look different. I want to do something with you right now um, that I hope will, yeah, joining with extreme sadness. Yeah, that's challenging, isn't it? Disappointing others, super challenging. It's challenging, but this is why we're practicing these thoughts. Yeah. And another, yeah, for others to be disappointed. It's okay for others to be disappointed. It's okay for others to be disappointed. It's hard when it's hard when they remind you of it and remind you over and over. That is really challenging. And and you really okay, I want to share with you something that happened this this past summer. We were at a family reunion and I had a family member who wanted me to play games with them. And it was one evening and there were people over um, and, and I had a family member that was like, come play the games with us, Julian. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to tonight. And I turned him down. And then I got another request. Come on, Julie, come play the game. And I said, no, I'm not going to tonight. And then a few minutes later, it was like, Julie, you like playing games. Come play games with us. So three times I had to tell him, no, I, I'm, I don't want to play games tonight. It's challenging because people have it in their mind what, what they want you to do sometimes. And, and they even sometimes will think that they're doing you a favor. And if you feel inclined to, to do it, fine. But if you don't, then stick with it and tell them, no, right now I need to do something different. And when you honor your when you honor yourself and what you, um, what will be supportive to you, which we'll talk about in a couple of seconds too, what will be supportive to you, then you'll find that people will become more supportive as you get firmer in, in what's supportive for you. Okay. So if you have someone that's reminding you, unlike my son still every once in a while ago, I remember that Thanksgiving when you took us to SeaWorld. It's okay. It's okay. He gets to think what he wants to think, right? 
he's a 17 year old kid. He wasn't, he wasn't me. And, and I was making a decision for our family. Okay. I, I do the opposite. I lock it all up and don't display the pain except through frustration and other ways and direct that to people. I shouldn't, that is the challenge, isn't it? Because when we don't allow our emotions and we don't take care of ourselves, then we're put in that position where we're at the boiling point, and one more thing just kind of puts us over the edge. It certainly is the challenge. Okay, so we're going to talk about that right now. Heightened emotions and memories means that our solution is to manage the reactions. Now, I want you to hear the difference. A lot of times we talk about managing our emotions, but I want you to think about rather, rather than managing your emotions, I want you to think about managing your reactions. And how do you do that? by allowing your emotions. Now look at this grumpy guy. <laughs> look at this grumpy guy on the right. He looks like he is going to dump your trash cans over in your kitchen. I mean, he looks like he's going to throw your trash can across the kitchen, doesn't he? That's what I mean by manage the, the reaction. He can have the feeling of frustration and even anger, but he he needs to manage his reaction. He It would be best if he didn't take my trash can and throw the trash and throw the the trash can against the wall in the kitchen, right? So by allowing our emotions, instead of bottling them, we are better able to manage our reactions. So practicing this idea that I'm sad and it's okay, super powerful. Because when you give yourself permission to be sad, you take the shame out of it, you're less reactionary. It's true. Advocate for yourself. If you don't feel like playing the game, tell people you don't feel like playing the game. I remember after the kids died, um, it was shortly after that. It was, it hadn't been very long. And some friends invited us to go to the movies, and my kids were going, and my husband was going. And they're like, come on, Julie, come on. And I was just at this place where I was just, honestly, I was just in bed a lot. Like I, I just could not manage. I was, I was really, really in this place of, of overwhelming sadness. And I was struggling to kind of make it through my days. And, and that's, that's where my grief started and it's okay. It's okay. And they kept encouraging me to go to the movie and ultimately I decided to go. So it's, advocating for yourself. So there were a lot of times when I didn't, there was a lot of times when I was just like, Nope, I just want to be back in my room. And that's where I'm going to be right now. And then there'll be times when, you know, there were times when people would say, go on a walk, go to a movie or something. And I, I would say no, but then I would say yes, whatever you choose to do is okay. I didn't do it perfectly. You're not going to do it perfectly. No one's going to do it perfectly. But the most important thing is for you to allow the emotions that you're feeling and to to be okay with where you're at and to make choices accordingly. Take breaks when you need to. Be kind to yourself. Practice forgiveness. Now, each one of these things, we could spend an hour talking about each one of these things, but I just want to to open your mind to some, some thoughts about how to manage your reactions. Because if... If we don't allow our emotions, then we then we get to this explosive place. If we don't advocate for ourselves, we could find ourselves agreeing to do something that puts us over the edge. If you've always hosted Christmas dinner and this year you're like, I'm just not up to it, hold on to that and get, you know, give somebody else the opportunity to do that. Advocate for yourself because if you if you do it out of obligation and expectation, then it's going to be harder to manage your reactions. Because why? Because you're keeping so many more emotions on top of the of the grief that you're already experiencing. So when I say practice forgiveness, I want to remind you that that means practicing forgiveness of others when they're disappointed and they they might give you a hard time. You just forgive them. You're like, they don't, they don't get in and that's okay too. I still get to do what I feel is best for me. So um, the past, let's talk about the past. The past might have looked a certain way. Remember this picture from the beginning, the past might've looked a certain way. So then when we, when we're in the past 
it's hard to be present because we're comparing the past to what's happening right now. But there's still good things in the present. So it's not as easy as just saying, okay, well, forget the past and be present. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is take opportunities and moments to bring yourself into the present. And I'm going to show, I'm going to give you some tools to do that in just a second here. But recognizing that you're, if when you're grieving, you are going to find your emotions and your mind in the past a lot, a lot. And one of the ways that you can start to have a different experience with the holidays is to choose moments to be present, choose moments to be present. So let's, let's talk about what that looks like. So what that looks like is connecting to your senses. So if you take just a moment and go, okay, what do I see? Bringing yourself back from the past into the present and go, okay, I see my computer screen. I'm sitting in front of the computer, right? I see my computer screen. I see my board. I see my light. I see my microphone. When we start to look at what we see, it brings us into where we are right now. What do I hear? Well, right now I can hear my husband talking to somebody in a room a couple of ribs away. When we, when we start to think, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? It can bring us into the present. If you're in a family gathering, you can, you can practice this where, where you find yourself kind of adrift. And what do we use so often when we're distracted? We use these devices, don't we? We use these devices to distract us and it, it actually can become, it can get in the way of our healing because we're distracting our emotions with our device. So being connected in the moment might look like you're in a family gathering and, and in that moment you think, okay, what can I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? Another way is to connect to people. So You've got a grandchild there and you connect with them and say, um, and you think, what can I do? And you notice they're trying to tie their shoes. So you say, oh, I can tie their shoes, bringing me into the present. What questions can I ask? So if you're talking to a child, you might say, what, what presents did you get this Christmas? Or what do you want from Santa? Or what questions can you ask to engage with the people that you're with? to connect with people, to bring you into the present. Again, it's not like, I'm not telling you, forget the past. That's not helpful. It's not helpful. You can't just forget it. You've got to resolve um, resolve the things that have happened in the past in order to, to be fully present in the present. While you're grieving, you're going to find yourself in the past, but take those moments to connect to the present, connect to the season. Why are we celebrating? When I think about that, for me, Christmas is all about my Savior, Jesus Christ. Not maybe something different for you, but remembering why we're celebrating. If it's Thanksgiving, I'm remembering that I'm celebrating in the, in the United States Thanksgiving is memorial of a historic of historic events that helped create our nation. So if I can connect to why we're celebrating instead of what I've lost, then it can bring me into the present. If I can connect to Christmas for me is all about the birth of Jesus Christ, then it helps me connect to this holiday and the season beyond what it used to look like or what I think it should look like. Um, Mother's Day was another one for me. After the kids died, I had to separate, okay? I had to separate and mentally, emotionally separate this holiday from what happened. Mother's Day, again, another United States holiday. Mother's Day is all about celebrating our moms. And when we're a mom, sometimes we get, we, we, we're in this place of, I, um, 
I need to be remembered. And this is so painful because this is what I've lost. But in what way can we, you know, if we've lost our mom, how can we, how can we use that holiday as an opportunity to think, I'm so blessed that she was my mom. Like what happened for me after my kids died is I realized I had a profound gratitude, profound gratitude for being a mother. Even though I had two children who died, I was profoundly grateful to be a mother. So why are we celebrating? That's another way of connecting. All right. So projecting pain into the future is all about Moving from pain into the future to hope in the future, hope in the future. So instead of thinking my Christmases are always going to be this painful, my New Year's is always going to be this painful, it's projecting into the future that it's possible that my future Christmas, my future New Year's could be delightful. In the future, I'm going to enjoy this holiday again. Yes, I'm sad today, but I'm connecting to people. I'm connecting to my senses in in moments. I'm connecting to the holiday for what, why we're celebrating the holiday. And then I can look to the future and see how over time, as I release the pain of the past, that holiday is going to be even more meaningful. Okay. So here's the four problems the four solutions all lined up for you. Let me know, what are, what are your thoughts about this? What Which of these solutions do you feel like would be m- most helpful to you? What Which one of these ideas is? I, in fact, when I was preparing this and, and as I got ready to get on here tonight, I thought I have prepared so much for you. Don't feel overwhelmed by it. Please don't think you've got to do it all. This is not about doing it all. It's giving you some understanding of of what's going on and why it's painful. What I'm, I also want to give you hope that it doesn't always have to be painful. We don't always have to take the pain of this holiday into the next holiday and the next holiday and the next holiday and so forth until it just becomes even more painful. Okay, managing reactions and being present, managing my reactions. Excellent, excellent, good. Yeah, those are huge. Those are really huge. Again, it's not about doing it all. It's about creating some awareness and choosing one or two things that will be helpful to you as you move through the holidays. Um, Number three, I think managing reactions and to be more in the present. Yeah. And just practicing being present in those moments. It's not about like showing up for the party and you're the life of the party and you're going to connect with everybody. It's not that. It's like taking taking a minute and reconnecting. Number one and two, managing expectations and managing reactions. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. So what can you do right now? Now, I've just told you, I explained that it's not about using all of this. It's it's just about creating some awareness around why it might be painful right now, that it doesn't have to be painful in the future. And one or two, one or two tools that you can use as you move forward. But practice these thoughts each day. I want to invite you to practice these thoughts. That is, I embrace my worth with love and gratitude. You have worth, even if you're sad. Your worth is not attached to your emotions. Your worth is your worth because you're here on the planet living and breathing. That is your worth. I embrace my worth with love and gratitude. I am finding new hope each day. I can allow compassion and grace to carry me. Having compassion for yourself, having compassion for others, feeling into that with grace for yourself and for others. Practice these thoughts each day. But that's what you can do in the moment when it comes to the holidays and navigating the holidays with grief. I've developed the hope model of healing, and this is this is a more comprehensive solution or um, opportunity for for you to move from grief to hope to healing. 
And it's all about honoring your grief and opening to understanding and and preparing through discovery and embracing resolution and rebuilding. And this is the pathway. This is the pathway that leads to transformation. I want to show you what it looks like with the with the five foundations of growth. Now, if you have been on a, um, an event, if you've been live with me before, you probably have seen this model of healing before. In fact, raise your hand if you've seen this before and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know a, a few of you do. Good, good, good. Okay, so it's it's a foundational pieces that, that um, build on each other to, to move from grief to hope to healing. Our mission build a life after loss is to transform lives, transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. This is our mission. And one of the ways that we fulfill that mission is I offer one-on-one coaching. And if that is supportive to you to have that one-on-one support this is a beautiful way to experience that growth from grief to hope to healing. Grief is about the pain and we let go of the pain to feel love at a greater degree. So it's all about compassionate support and, and building personal confidence and power and, and having more peace and calm in your life and, and experiencing greater healing and and having hope in, in, in your life now and in your future, improving your relationships, finding and connecting to your purpose, and having compassion for yourself and others in addition to increased joy. And how this works is I meet with you weekly for a 50-minute call. Generally, it's 12 weeks that we meet, and I provide educational materials with valuable tools that I help you to implement, to help you to understand and implement, and effective steps to help you to move from from grief to rebuilding. You'll receive email and text support in between our calls, so you'll always have support at your fingertips and weekly modules with clear information, tools, and steps. And I just wanted to share with you some things that other people have said. I have been reflecting on how grateful I am for the opportunity I had to work with you. I have a calm and a peace that I never thought would be possible. Thank you for being such a light in my life. As I think about the message that I received from my friend tonight, talking about her mom and and when her dad died, Christmas just became painful and it stayed that way for years and years and years. And while our pain and, and, Create sadness, loss creates sadness, and grief is part of that journey. It's not necessary to carry that pain into the future for years and years and years. It's hopeful, helpful, and healing to learn the foundations that can support you in your healing journey. So it not only benefits you but it benefits your whole family and it benefits your close friends and it benefits the people around you as well. So if you're interested in learning more about working one-on-one, I would invite you to go to buildalifeafterloss.com slash talk. And if you go to that link, you will see, and Cindy just put that in the chat so you can click on it directly. If you go to that link, you will see from there, you can schedule a time for us to talk. We'll talk for about 30, 45 minutes. I'll get some ideas of what's going on for you. And, and you can ask questions about what that would look like to work together one-on-one and, and for, for me to support you in your week-to-week journey as you learn new tools and new experiences and then, um, and we'll get together and we'll talk about that and see if it's a good fit. So if that's of interest to you, if you have some curiosity about what that would look like to work one-on-one, I invite you to go to that link. Now, before we close, I would love to get your thoughts on how this can be helpful to you now and in the future. You can put something in the chat. You can raise your hand if it's been helpful to you tonight. Just let us know uh, what's been helpful and what other questions you might have 
Let me give you a second here to add any questions that you have. Has this been helpful? Do you feel a little more peace going into the holidays and um, all that that means? Hope you feel a little more peace moving through the holidays. All right. It was just wonderful to be with you. Oh, that's so good. So helpful. I feel hope. Very helpful. Validating my feelings. Yes. Yes. Good, good, good. I remember this. Remember that your feelings are valid and that even if you feel sad today, it doesn't mean that you will feel sad forever. Very helpful. Great tools. Thank you. I will sign up for coaching. Excellent. Yeah, go go on there. Let's talk about what that would look like and um, and let's make that happen. Sandy, that would be, I'd be honored to, to work with you. All right, you guys, you have a beautiful evening and remember that your feelings are valid, that the holidays might be hard this year. I, In fact, I didn't share this earlier, but well, I guess I did. Yeah, I was just, I, I really, as I was preparing this, I really reflected on a lot uh, on my, that first Christmas after my divorce and how painful that was and how difficult that was and how disconnected I felt. And, um, and so I'm, I'm grateful to have been able to share this with you tonight because I thought those were the things I didn't understand then. I didn't understand that it was okay to, for me to be sad. I didn't understand that just because I was sad that Christmas didn't mean I had to be sad every Christmas. And so I'm great. I'm grateful to be able to share with you tonight. You have a great evening and we will hopefully talk soon. Bye.